Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Hello, hello, hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I hope you had a tremendous weekend. We had a pretty good weekend of football. Um, I, I mean, we did. I mean, obviously every weekend of NFL football is great. But I would say there was more negative than positive. A lot of bad weather. The games weren't quite as good as they have been the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, a lot of injuries. And I'm going to do a segment just on the injuries in this, you know, today. Um, this is Thanksgiving week, and this is always a very difficult week for me um, because Thanksgiving is a is a work day for me. I mean, I worked, I watched three games in a row, but I do get together with my family, and usually I sit in front of the TV, and they bring me turkey, and it's awesome. Um, but it's tough for me to get all my podcasts and articles and everything in this week because it's just a you know a lesser amount of time, and three games are already on the slate for Thursday. So I think what we're going to do is today and tomorrow we will review the past week. You know, tomorrow we'll talk about the Monday Nighter. And then when there won't be a show Thursday. So Wednesday, I think we're going to skip power ranks and we're going to preview all three games and maybe do some Twitter questions then too. So we'll be back at it on Friday. Um, we will skip Thursday, as to be expected. But there'll be a lot to talk about on Friday too. We'll recap three games and pick all the games. So, that's going to be our plan for the week, just to let you know. All right, all right. Let's get into last night's game. Uh, Washington is impressive. Green Bay at Washington. Washington has come a very, very long way as an organization. I've been praising their front office for a long time. I mean, whenever we, you and I started talking when this podcast was created, I would say a lot of things like, I like Washington a lot, but they don't run the ball, they don't stop the run, and I have questions at quarterback. You know, I, I remember I said that on different airwaves a million times. We'll get to Cousins in a minute, but they're running the ball, and, you know, it's hard to say that they stopped the run against Green Bay. And, and let's talk about the Packers. Is Clay Matthews is back. I don't think he's close to 100%. Their secondaries in shambles. O-line injuries. We've known about their running back injuries. You know, Kristen Michaels not yet part of the equation. Very very windy day. You know that was that came up big in the kicking game on several occasions and decisions whether to kick or not. But amazingly, Cousins and Rogers threw the ball extremely well in the wind, and that doesn't blow you away with Rogers. But Cousins is his arm getting stronger? I mean, and they I, the announcers were talking about it a little bit. A lot of really tight spirals, and that's the key. I mean, once your ball starts to flutter then the wind really takes it. I mean, you have to have a tight spiral in, in windy conditions. Cousins did that really well in a tack down field. Um, man, I, I mean, I was blown away with how well he threw the ball in these conditions. And he played probably the best game I've ever seen him play. Um, Kelly, let's, let's get back to the ground game. You know, they still don't have Trent Williams, but but his fill-in has been playing pretty well. That's encouraging. Kelly gives Washington... Enough, you know, enough with the, how many weapons they have. Where Jones wasn't, 
Kelly's much more reliable. Uh, again, the announcer said this well that if if you if a two yard if they block for a two yard run, he gets you three or four. You know, he's not going to get you thirty. He's not going to be on highlight tapes. But that's enough for right now. I still think they need to add a back this off season. Um, but overall, Green Bay it doesn't show in the stats, but Green Bay's run defense is really good as it usually is. And then Kelly did break off a long run that kind of sealed things. And then that skews the stats. But, um, you know, I mean, that's going to happen. Uh, and, you know, they were on the field a lot. Uh, a crazy amount of injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the Packers this year. And they just kept falling in this one. Perry's been playing really well this year. He went down. Line, you know, they were already without Ryan. And Martinez got hurt. I mean, everybody felt like he was getting hurt in this game. Uh, I just, you just feel like it's not the Packers' year. Um, what else other notes do I have? A lot of notes here, actually. But um, how about the Starks touchdown? You know, the, just dump it to the flat, and no one is on that side of the field. Like I've never seen that before. Like eleven defensive players were all on the, basically in the hash marks or the other side of the field, and majority of them were on the totally opposite end of the field. And he basically could have moonwalked in. That was crazy. I mean, that was a gift. You don't see that very much. I mentioned some Green Bay offensive line injuries. Spriggs, who is a tackle. I mean, he was a tight end turn tackle. He certainly is not a guard body type. But they moved him into right guard, and he looked like he held up there pretty well. Um, it was good to see Jared Cook making Cooks making an impact. Uh, Jared Cook making an impact. He had over 100 yards. It's kind of what he was brought in to do. Um, uh, Rodgers played really well, and Cousins played really well, too. Uh, Cousins did it, I would say, absolutely against a lesser secondary than the one Rodgers faced. Um, Norman, I thought, played quite well. I thought that overall, big picture, his signing is paying off exactly as Washington would expect or wanted when they signed him. I, again, I really am impressed with this front office. And, I, and it's not just this game, but it, it's getting to the point now where the Cousins' decision at the end of the year, which I thought was really going to be a difficult one, probably isn't. You know, I think you keep them, you overpay them, but every quarterback gets it's overpaid more or less. And you continue to build around him, and the line is there, the receivers are there. We haven't even seen Josh Doxson yet at a running back. But I think Cousins is their guy for the long haul, and deserves to be you know I mean he, he made a lot of big plays downfield again against crappy secondary but he made the throws through the wind it was really really good in verse pressure you know if you take away the first two games of the year Cousins has been playing really really well I mean into the wind so I mean even getting guys like Crowder deep so uh, that was impressive but how about this over the last four games Green Bay's allowed 153 points let that sink in for a second. Four games, they've allowed 153 points. Uh, things are bad in Green Bay. There's no doubt. I think Detroit wins that division. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Before you lies a beautiful meadow. In that meadow, Progressive Direct has placed its auto insurance rates alongside those of competitors. You select the lowest rate and feel a great sense of calm. A great sense of oh. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates so you can rest easy. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. 
All right, next up on my list here, we're going to talk Steelers-Browns. I know it bothers some of you, but we are going to talk Steelers every Monday. Uh, I, I do have to watch that game more than the others. Um, not a ton to take away from this one. You know, I mean, the Steelers won handily. Again, another really bad weather game. Uh, the Steelers did not throw the ball well at all. Um, but I don't, they didn't have to, you know, frankly, and they didn't even attempt to all that much. I mean, this game was all about Le'Veon Bell right from the start. I mean, he had a ton of yards on the first drive, um, and that was enough. You know, the, the Browns are undermanned to say the least. Unfortunately, Kessler, uh, suffered a concussion in this game. That's his second of the season. Uh, there's some talk that he will be shut down for the year. McCown came in and, you know, led the best drive they had and hit Barnage, you know, that's his guy, uh, on his first drive. But, I mean, a really long day for the Browns' offensive line. Steelers don't rush the passer well, but they they did blitz a lot in this game. They had eight sacks. They had 22 pressures. And I'm not ready to say that the, the Steelers' uh, pass rushes back by any stretch. Um, James Harrison became the all-time sack leader in Steelers history, which is a little surprising. I mean, considering how well defenses over the years have rushed the passer, you know, that he's number one. He just beat out Jason Gilden. Porter is third. Um, you know, obviously, Joe Green and those guys are not, you know, the, the edge pass rushers of a guy like Harrison. But he's had a, a really, really good career. And I wonder if he's a Hall of Famer or not. But anyways... Uh, the whole first half, the Browns didn't run a play in the Steelers' territory. I mean, bad. Real bad. Um, really long day for their O-line, as we said. Uh, again, I don't have a whole lot to talk about with this. Um, big picture. Bengals and Ravens lose. Steelers won. And a Football Outsiders metric stat, whatever. Going into this week, this is kind of interesting, because going into this week, they said the Steelers had played the toughest schedule in the league. And going into this game forward, we're going to have the easiest schedule in the league. The Ravens are the, were the total opposite, where they had the easiest schedule in the league going into this game, and then starting with their game against Dallas, which they lost, are slated to have the most difficult schedule in the league. So, and a lot of that has to do with the Ravens had already played the Browns twice, and the Steelers hadn't. They hadn't played them at all. So that's kind of crazy. But so that could be the deciding factor. Unfortunately, it looks like the Bengals are into it or out of it. We will talk about some of their hardships here in a little bit too. But another one, another crazy stat. And first of all, Roethlisberger in his career is 20-2 and two against the Browns. I mean, I, I think that's the best record any quarterback has had in the, ever against an opposing team. He's 20-2 and two in his whole career against the Browns. And incidentally, his rookie year was the year that I was with the Browns. So yeah, he did damage to me in his first year. Um, but this is crazy, too, that since 1999, when the Browns returned as this franchise that we know, take a guess who has won what quarterback. And I don't believe in quarterback wins. Don't get me wrong. But this is just kind of overwhelming. What quarterback has the most wins in Cleveland since they returned? Well, there's a tie. Derek Anderson and Ben Roethlisberger. So if next year Ben goes to Cleveland and wins, he's going to be the winningest 
quarterback in new Browns history in that building. That's insane. I mean, it says how good Ben's been, but it says much more about where the Browns are. I mean, that's so bad. So there's that. Speaking of bad, most missed extra points in history. And I think that record was set during the one o'clock games. I mean, that was even without the four o'clocks and we got a game tomorrow, uh, tonight, you know, Sunday night. So what do you do about that? I think that moving the, the extra point back is a failed experiment. You know, that I don't know if you just do away with them altogether, put them back to where they were. Do you give a team seven right away? Maybe it's something you guys can throw at me for Wednesday. You know, it'll be Twitter Wednesday this week. Twitter Thanksgiving Eve. Um, you know, what, what's the answer? Because... Missing extra points. It's not like all of a sudden everyone's excited about extra points either. I mean, I, I don't think that experiment has worked. Not to mention, and we haven't talked about this all. We, we, we have talked about it a little bit, but it doesn't get talked about enough. But there, I've said for a few years, there's a very much a kicker shortage in the league. I always talk about O-line and kicker shortages. Everyone talks about quarterback shortages, but O-line and kicker shortages. And this year's worse than ever. You know, we saw it yesterday with easy kicks, you know, extra points. Um, that there is a problem right now, and kicking is really down in 2016. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. When Flow flows, she flows in the know. Mind ruminates the rates. Shown them all, I heed the call. Seeing the rest, I choose the best. Sometimes it's ours, sometimes it's not. When the fox walks, is it called a fox trot? That's a real question. Compare Progressive Direct rates with competitors' rates. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. All right, one more game to discuss, and then I want to talk about some of these injuries. Uh, I want to talk about Goff's first start. I know I didn't pick the greatest games, but there wasn't a ton on my slate to pick from, actually. Goff's first start. Um, I guess he was fine. Uh, he didn't lose it for them. Sometimes he seemed comfortable, but not in the end of the game when the, the it was a real tough situation for them. He looked lost. He looked overwhelmed. I mean, he looked very much like a rookie, basically as to be expected. He only threw for 134 yards, and everything was short. I mean, everything was short. His This is a, another crazy stat, and I'm not a big stat guy, but I'm throwing a few stats at you today. His average completion was less than four yards away from the line of scrimmage. So if you, that's terrible. And his and worst is his longest completion of the day was seven yards downfield. So any pass he attempted of a receiver that was deeper than seven yards, he didn't complete it on this day. Um, really miserable game in terms of offensive production. Two really good defensive lines, too, and two really bad offensive lines. Miami was playing without Pouncey, a high-end center. Albert, a really good left tackle. Tunsil's been a star at guard. He had to move the tackle because of this. And then he left the game in the second quarter. So the Rams O-line stinks. The Finns O-line stinks without their three best linemen. And, I mean, it was kind of a hard to watch. You know, on third, these teams on third downs in this game combined for making th- three out of th- 23 attempts on third down. I mean, oh, man. And Tannehill was bad until the end. Tannehill really heated up late. 
And again, there was really good pass rush by both teams. Aaron Donald was a stud. Again, Wake was really good. I, I mentioned Branch the other day. He's playing well. Sue was impressive. Brockers. I mean, the D-line obviously were way better than the offensive lines. Both quarterbacks were um, under duress uh, a, a high percentage of the time. But Tannehill heated up when it mattered most, and so that's encouraging. You know, it got a win that they probably shouldn't have you know, on the road. Uh, this is a cliche, but the Dolphins are, quote, finding a way to win, learning how to win, whatever. Um, Greg Robinson's another offensive lineman. He's bad, man. I mean, the second pick overall a couple years ago, he doesn't get any better ever. He's terrible. Um, Landry had a great touchdown where he just kind of bullied and efforted into the end zone. The Rams defense probably could have been a little better on that one, too. Rams took a lot of penalties in this game, too. They had some bad ones down the stretch whenever Miami did come back. Um, I think a, a really redeeming thing out of this is, of course, that you know that last you know stint there by Tannehill. This is the second straight week that Devontae Parker showed up big. You know, and he had a he had a nice touchdown again against Johnson with 36 seconds on the clock to basically seal the deal. So Parker's turning into a guy for them, and this is kind of how you wanted this season to go with Adam Gase. You know, he's developing his guys. Doesn't happen overnight, you know, but they're. They're not dead yet. You know, I mean, Miami, I think, has a legit playoff chance. I mean, I think they could hang with, you know, the, the any of the teams in the North or certainly the teams in the South and uh, maybe all the, all three of those teams in the West, too. So give Miami credit. I mean, they're, they're not dead yet. They are building something there. Another crazy stat, Jeff Fisher is now tied with Tom Landry for the second most losses in NFL history. There you have that. Mentioned the Bengals. A.J. Green tore his hamstring. It sounds like he's out for the year. That's awful. Gio Bernard sounds like he's out for the year with a knee. Kirkpatrick got injured in that game, too, with a knee. I mean, I'm sorry. It's done. I mean, without those guys, especially Green. Green was the injury of the day that just, oh, man, that stinks. And there was a lot of injuries today, unfortunately. I just want to buzz through them a little bit. Um I guess LaShawn McCoy had surgery on his thumb today and expects to play next week, but he had a bad thumb injury, and I guess he'll be okay. Robert Woods, who's been their de facto number one receiver with Watkins out, and Watkins might return, might. Um, had a knee injury I want to find out more about, but uh, early diagnosis is not good on it, and uh, it sounds like that he could be out for the year. Um, CJ Procise was somebody we were all excited about. Uh, scapula issue. He's out, quote, for a while. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be quite a while. The Bears, like they could afford it, got crushed by injuries. Zach Miller broke his foot. Josh Sitton with a bad ankle. Leonard Floyd with a, you know, kind of a scary neck situation. Um, I don't know how much we'll see of those guys going forward, if at all. The, the bear, the cupboards are bare for the Bears. Uh, the Eagles lost both their, their best running backs in this game. I don't mean to laugh. I mean, injuries are not funny, and they are my least favorite thing of this whole game. But, I mean, sometimes it's just comical that you go in there and you lose Matthews with a knee and Sproles with a rib, you know, with rib injuries. Um, it's just, uh, I, I don't know how some of these coaches deal, deal with it whenever the injuries hit in such waves. And, and then the Niners lost two of their best, you know, two prominent defensive backs in Jimmy Ward and Eric Reed. you know, that, Sometimes I just am amazed how these coaches get out of a game when you lose 
you know, you know, a couple guys the same position, or you know, I mean, some of the what the Packers have been dealing with, and crazy, and not to mention, I mean, you derive a whole game plan around getting AJ Green the ball, and he tears his hamstring right away. It's like that hundred hours I put in all week trying to prepare for this game, I might as well just tear up. It's just garbage. So that is going to do it. Tomorrow we will talk more games. Check out the rest of the Locked On Network and have a great one. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17